Yo, what is up, guys? Welcome back to Tag Team Pokemon Trading Card Games Premier Podcasting Duo. My name is Riley Holbert, joined as always by my good, good friend, Mr. JW Greewall. JW, how's it going today? Pretty good, Riley. Got some good work done on my little project at work today. Got to hang out with my little baby. She fell asleep in my arms. That was very Babies nice. Do that, yeah. They do do that. And <laughs> um, overall, just a solid day. Had some good food. I saw Andrew and Natalie today. Oh. Which was a special surprise. They came to deliver, hand deliver me my suit for the wedding. Very nice. Yeah. So Andrew Mahone and Natalie Champay getting hitched in a week and a half. And it should be a good time. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's going to be really fun. I'm super excited for the wedding. Yeah, me as well. I know that you're coming in a little bit early to town, and then I will uh, I will see you on Friday night. Sure will, buddy. Bucko. Yeah. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I After all the like moving around and stuff with Milwaukee and then Nats, it felt really good to have like a lower-key weekend last weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched a lot of Obi-Wan, which was very good um i like the star wars materials that just like lean into being star wars so to speak so they Mm -hmm. have like goofy looking characters and you know silly little robots and stuff Mm -hmm. like that Mm -hmm. i don't like the star wars properties that you know try to be like super crazy or groundbreaking or edgy okay i like it when it's just like a silly little star wars thing and not to say Obi-Wan doesn't have, like, meaningful story beats, but it also has, like, silly little aliens and stuff, so. I do love me a silly little alien. I mean, that's one of the things that, <laughs> yeah, right? you know, they always are trying to put in, like, the little the little cute guys. Yeah, like I'm, not so much, I'm not so much into, like, the, like the Bobby the Fricks and stuff, but I do love just, like, some weird-looking guy who like yells at the protagonist as they walk by their like stand or something you know what i'm talking about uh, what, what's the deal? <laughs> yeah exactly like watch up, watch out <laughs> i love that man. it's so awesome <laughs> so is that how you spent your your holiday your independence day um well that's how i spent at least one day i was watching a lot of obi-wan okay. um i don't I struggle with, like, binge-watching stuff. Like, I don't binge-watch. I can only do, like, a little bit at a time. Um, but I, it was super nice in Madison. So I spent one day just kind of, like, reading outside. I spent mm. some of the time on the roof of my building, and I spent some time by the lakes. Got a really nice, uh, like, farmer's tan going on. And I spent the Sunday... I had a bunch of spider webs that accumulated on my balcony <laughs> because I live right by a, a river. Um, and so there's a lot of like gnats and stuff. So by, by extension, there's a lot of spiders. I see. Um, and they accumulate very fast. So um, there's a ton of spider webs on my balcony. It was, it was kind of scary. <laughs> so, and I'm like super uncomfortable around spiders. I don't know why. They just really bother me. Um, and so I was just like, you know, batting them down with my, you know, batting down the webs with my broom, broom. and then I'd have to kind of like take a breather, <laughs> a mental health break, <laughs> and then I'd have to go back out and do it again. Um, so very wow. stressful. It's got some got some good work done. It sounds like. Well, the worst part is like yesterday I went outside and there's just a bunch more. <laughs> like I don't know where they came from. <laughs> well, they probably came from the spiders. 
Yeah, presumably. But I thought I got rid of many of the spiders. But there was a freaking big one out there yesterday that scared me. So How big? Quarter? Yeah, like the size of... Probably bigger than a quarter. It was freaky. There was, I remember as a kid, we had this one that was... Like the abdomen... The abdomen was probably a... You know, sil- like a like a silver dollar sized. Yeah. You know? So not not a quarter, but like like the abdomen. So that's not even counting the legs. And it set up shop right on the swing set, like in the A frame of the swing set at the top. <laughs> yeah. Like I put up this. It was like a really beautiful web, and and like kind of a pretty looking spider. If like spiders weren't so- like, cause I I'm not a huge spider guy. I can I can handle them. You know, as the man in my house, I can <laughs> handle a spider, but. Um, yeah, I just remember that. That was a, uh, that was probably the biggest spider I've ever seen. Yeah, there's some that are like definitely got a sizable abdomen, but usually they kind of have like sort of stubbier legs if they mm-hmm. have a big abdomen. So I don't know. I'm not a spider guy. I don't know. They just freak me out. So I gotta go clean them up again. I guess. Yeah, for sure. Until eventually they learn their lesson. That's right. Stay away. <laughs> but so sounds like things are, are pretty good all around. Yeah. Well, hey, man, I mean, we're going to see a lot of each other over the next couple months. Oh, yeah, that's sure true. You know, with the wedding coming up and with Worlds and everything. And, you know, we also want to give you all the best picture of what's to come. So for the uninformed, we talked about this last week, but the Pokemon Go set is actually here. It's on the market. It's dropped. People have been playing with the cards and... We're excited to bring you the latest and greatest picture into the mind of the tag team as we look ahead to Worlds and that format with Pokemon Go added to it. So, JW, what are some of your initial thoughts on Pokemon Go? Pokemon Go is a great little set, and I'm really happy that they've formatted Worlds this way where it it doesn't feel like we're you know, we're starting from square one where they have for worlds in the past done a rotation just before the world tournament. And then, um, we're kind of left scrambling to figure out like, okay, what's good. It's just a brand new format. This feels very nice because Pokemon go is a mini set. So it's not, you know, a full set and they really didn't add a ton of new archetypes, but there's a lot of these nice little support Pokemon that you could easily see slotting in, um, into numerous decks and numerous like support stadiums and uh, trainers and things like that. So it feels like a really good set. I love that it doesn't change things up too much, but it adds a new little depth of uh, a flavor to the metagame. It, it feels like a really nice format for worlds in the sense that there are these pre-established archetypes, but there's some things to be explored with this new set as well. Yeah. I, I'm not sure if I like not having a full set before Worlds or not, but I do definitely like not having the rotation. The one mm-hmm. year they did the rot- they may have did it twice, but the the years they did the rotation, I always felt like, you know, I qualified for Worlds like playing in these set of sets, and now like they're gone. You know, that that feels lame. Like yeah. I like it when Worlds feels like the culmination of the year. And I think it was 2019 when they rotated right before Worlds. That did not feel so much like the culmination of the year because half the cards we played that year were no longer playable. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's a that's a big problem. I think that's the biggest criticism. You could also say that it rewards the best players because they that's have to... That's the argument, right? You know, yeah. yeah, they have to not only play well during the tournament, but they also have to create 
the best deck for the tournament. So, um, hard that's, to hard that's to. That's why I, li- I like the the set release before Worlds, but no rotation because yeah. that kind of like scratches both itches in a way for me. Like you have to come up with the new decks from the sets, or at least you know figure out what's going on with the set. Mm-hmm. But you still get to like, you know use maybe familiar faces or you know at least consider them as you head into that world championship yeah and you have engines right that are already pre-established right. that you can and kind that's of my, slot that's my other biggest into. criticism is like the immediate post rotation formats are usually in my opinion some of the worst ones because they have such a limited card pool that there's often like either one very dominant archetype or there's major engine pieces that are missing and like things just aren't, aren't buffing out until like the november set that year yeah um, well, or things look very samey, you know. There yeah, have been like every formats, deck's built the exact same way. Yeah, every deck's built the exact same I've certainly seen that in the past, you know, 2013-14, where it's like, okay, you're playing four Juniper and four N, you know, and that's just kind of your your go-to, you know. <laughs> There's not really a lot of variety there, like supporter-wise or engine-wise, so. Totally. But all that to say, you know, I'm excited about Pokemon Go, and I actually, Pokemon Go has to be, and you know, Fact check me if I'm wrong here. Pokemon Go has to be one of the best kind of like promotional mini sets that we've had in a very long time. It's got a lot of like high density of good cards are in that set. Yeah, or at the very least, interesting cards. You know, you think about what could potentially slot into different decks. And I mean, I think there's like really use cases for a lot of these um a lot of these cards in the set, I mean, just going down, even like the the supporters and items, you know, everyone has maybe not a direct, um, you know, playability factor, but it like, it's like, oh, that's interesting. Like, maybe I could consider thinking about that. Um, but you certainly have some of these cards, like the Radiant Pokemon are really interesting. And we'll talk totally. a little bit more about those in a second. I think there's a couple of archetypes that are not incredible but like at least add a little bit of spice to the metagame i mean it's it's a solid set uh from the top down so let's let's dive into it and i think we'd be remiss not to mention the talk of the town as the first topic here today and that's the lunatone soul rock has been a deck that a lot of people have been paying attention to you know more than likely related to andrew's original playing of the deck on stream and really hyping it up um and I think a lot of people found an itch that they were looking to scratch in the Lutone Solrock deck. So just to give uh, some context there, the Solrock, for every Solrock in play, you can attach a Psychic Energy from the discard pile to your Lunatones in play. Um, so kind of like a Malamar type effect, a, like a, a Psychic Recharge Malamar type effect. But it can also go to the active um, and because it's a basic, you can quickly reset it with cards like Scoop Up Net. You know, you can immediately put it into play with a Quick Ball. So definitely like some bursty energy acceleration. And then that Lunatone doing 30 damage plus 30 more for every psychic energy on the Lunatone. So accelerate four times, you're doing 150, you know, Choice Belt 180. And if you use Scoop Up Nets or accumulate energy over multiple turns or attach for a turn, you mm-hmm. can reach for some pretty high numbers. JW, I mean, this deck has been all over Twitter. People have very strong opinions about it <laughs> one way or the other. What are your thoughts on the sun and moon? Um, it seems okay. Yeah, it doesn't seem like the worst archetype. Um, it seems like a weaker 
Malamar, in my opinion. I, and I haven't played a ton with the deck. I've, I've really just watched content, other content creators play the deck. Um, but it just seems like it does what Malamar is doing maybe a little bit um, a little bit worse because it's just a harder to reach for those higher numbers um, because you're presumably going to have your attackers knocked out every turn and there's only so many scoop up net only so many abilities that you can use on the soul rock every single turn so i think that it's kind of one of those decks that's really fun it's it's fun you know it certainly feels good to play looks good to play but when you kind of boil it all down it's probably not even the best single prize archetype that we have um possibly even looking at reggie as well so i'm not the hugest fan of it but I understand why people really like it. I think it's solidly tier two, like not really not dissing it at all. Um, but I just don't think it's like something that I necessarily need to be teching for at Worlds or really considering highly. <laughs> you for say teching for like what would you t- what would you? Well, I don't deck? know. Like I'm just saying, like if you're playing an Arceus deck, like would you play? You know, would I consider Lunatone Soul Rock if I'm deciding whether or not to play like a straight Arceus deck or to play it with Pikachu? Right? Like I'm not really factoring in the the Lunatone Soul Rock deck into making that decision. Sure. Yeah, I. I tend to agree. I don't think it'll be a very popular deck, you know, looking or ahead. playing something like I, and another, t- sorry, just to go <laughs> off and like, or playing like Empoleon, right? Like I'm not, or ice Q, you know, I'm not really <laughs> thinking about this deck when making those decisions. <laughs> Good to hear you first folks. JW just, saying, just saying, just saying, just saying. Um, yeah. I, I'm inclined to agree. I think, uh, I think it has a, a play style that a lot of people really enjoy like that discard acceleration but in a really streamlined way so to speak so mm-hmm. you know previously you'd be working with like your giratina malamar and you need to evolve all these malamars up and do all this stuff whereas now you could just slam some lunatones and soul rocks into play get some energy and swing for some two or three hit knockouts and that's fun um so i get it like that's fun i'm all for it but I also am inclined to agree that's not really the deck for me. Uh, and I don't think a lot of people will put it highly when it comes to the world championship. Um, I think in terms of single prize decks, the single prize decks that are really thriving right now are the ones that can eventually threaten some sort of one shot, right? My cats are like attacking my cabinets. Yeah, I'm like listening to the cats back there. Like, is somebody trying to bust it. down the door or She's what's going trying on? trying to open my cabinet. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what she's doing. That's incredible. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But, but yeah, I I just, I think the single single prize decks that are the best are the ones that can reach for those one shots um, or do something a little bit trickier. Like the Reggie deck has all sorts of tricks up its sleeve between the Reg Ice and the spread damage and the um, Valmar deck. Obviously its whole goal is to one shot. So I just, what is Lunatone's like real trick? There isn't one. Yeah, it's very much just straightforward, you know, can you deal with 120 damage to 180 damage a turn? Um, And if you can, then you're going to be just fine. And if you can mix in some disruption or something, like, it's going to be totally cool. Um, Or, you know, you just get run over because, you know, obviously that deck can start attacking from the first turn of the game if they go second so um that can be hard to deal with for sure i think that's like the trick quote unquote but it's so rare to see that happen so 
Well, let's talk then about another Pokemon Go centered archetype, and that's the Magikarp deck. So Magikarp has the Raging Fin attack does 30 damage for every single Magikarp and Gyarados in the discard pile, plus 10 mm-hmm. more. So you get up to 250 if you have all four Magikarp and all four Gyarados. And you can still use the attack using the Ditto from Pokemon Go, which can copy any non-rule box Pokemon that's in your discard pile, uh, any non-rule box basic Pokemon. So Ditto copies the Magikarp, gets the 250, Choice Belt 280, you're knocking out a V-Star. Um, now, this is a cool archetype. I think it it really just struggles in like assembling Exodia and then also still having enough steam to actually win a game. It's yeah. kind of my thought on this deck, although it gets really scary if they get ramped up fast. I will say. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, there, I feel like it's one of those things where it's, it seems really cute, but it's kind of, you're taking the long way around doing, you know, 250 or 280. Like, it seems like you could do that much easier, much more uh, simply, more obviously with like a Palkia deck, you know, where you're hitting those numbers than trying to make this kind it's of not fair convoluted to Palkia, archetype. <laughs> I mean, I'm just, you know, I'm just saying though, right? Yeah, like, it, it makes sense in like you get shut off by a few different counters. Um, Temple of Sinnoh is obviously pretty hard to deal with. Um, you're on these basics that have such low HP. So if your opponent can get like a quick Radiant Greninja, that could be really tough. I mean, there's just a lot of things that kind of work against the Magikarp archetype that ultimately leave its competitive level, competitive ceiling, very low. Yeah, and I think I think that's a problem for any deck that will repeatedly put Pokemon into play that can be knocked out multiple Pokemon into play that can be knocked out by Radiant Greninjas, you always have to be afraid of that in a Palkia matchup, which can, like, make your early turns really awkward as you, like, have to force Manaphy down, especially, you know, maybe on the first turn of the game, of Mm -hmm. your first turn of the game going second, and, you know, maybe you're just not getting your setup down if you're doing that. It's just, it's kind of a frustrating situation to be in for some of these decks. Yeah, it's fun. It's certainly fun. Am I worried about it? Absolutely not. But uh, it's a really cool... um, really cool idea for a deck and we've seen this kind of archetype be played in in you know with Gyarados so it's just kind of fun that they're recycling this idea in a new way yeah it's definitely a cool twist on the full retaliation Gyarados um so to speak as well as the um which Gyarados what was the set of that Gyarados from was it like triumphant or something um which, old, what did it do? The old Gyarados that did damage for all the Magikarps in Discard Pile. Oh, like Stormfront or something? Yeah, I think it was. I think it was the Stormfront. one with the free the free energy cost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was like Stormfront or Legends something. Stormfront sounds sounds right. Fact check us. Okay, I will. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up right now. Um, but but that Gyarados is cool. I there's consistently that theme of like Magikarps and Gyarados like doing damage for all the other Magikarps and Gyarados that are in harm's way. And I think that's a fun it's like a fun uh you know recurring trope in the Pokemon trading card game. I was so right Stormfront it is. Let's go. Very nice. Very nice. You're a legend, bro. Thank you. <laughs> and honestly those are like the really big go centered archetypes, although you could maybe make an argument that Mewtwo is optimal with Lunatone and Solrock. Um, there seems to be some debate whether Mewtwo V-Star is best with Lunatone and Solrock or whether it's better with Shadow Rider Calyrex. 
I honestly don't have enough reps with Mewtwo to say one way or the other. Um, but I do think Mewtwo is a real, it's, I underestimated Mewtwo, I think, in terms of how powerful it is, because I just really didn't factor how quickly it could get out of the gates, I guess. Um, GW, do you have any experience with the Mewtwo archetype? Yeah, the Mewtwo is really cool. I mean, it kind of is one of those decks, again, where it's, it's, there's a few different counters to it, but if you can get a quick star rate off under the optimal conditions, then it's pretty hard to, you know, feel out of the game for sure. Like it's, yeah. it's pretty hard to lose. Like if your opponent has a couple of V's down uh, that are going to be their main attackers and then you're able to star raid, then you can just go through either attacking with the Mewtwo or attacking with the Lunatones. I like it with the Lunatone Soul Rock. I think that keeps it really low to the ground and it gives you an alternate strategy that's already somewhat proven. Um, but I really like the Mewtwo um, as kind of a little option there. I don't, again, do I think it's going to be viable for Worlds? No, but it's like, it's a fun, like casual kind of league deck that, um, you know, you can hand to somebody and say, hey, you know, this is going to compete. And, uh, you know, you, you'll see, you'll you'll see some results. You'll have a little bit of fun with it. I think the Mewtwo is pretty decent. I think the, the biggest problem I have with the Mewtwo is you have to go fairly wide with your bench with mm-hmm. Mewtwo. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of just a recurring problem with a lot of V decks is if you go too wide, then Palkia comes to eat you alive. Um, and we know that Palkia is incredibly good. It's gotten out. It's really been a dominant force in the top eights of these major tournaments in the last format. It continues to have strong showings in the online space. So if you don't aren't able to really deal with Palkia, it reminds me a lot of Mew in previous formats. Palkia's kind of taken that that spot where if you can't right. deal with Palkia, then you just really can't consider that deck as a viable choice. Yeah, and I think too, you think about the other main archetype right now, Arceus, being able to heal, being able to keep their bench relatively low, it just doesn't play into the strengths of Mewtwo. And I think that also is a really hindering factor for the deck going forward. Absolutely. So, of course, that's just the, the archetypes that are really centered in Pokemon Go. There's lots of cards in Pokemon Go. We've touched on some of these over the last few weeks that are really interesting and potentially kind of like a shakeup into the metagame or just a nice addition in terms of consistency or power into some other decks. You know, some obvious ones that come to mind are the Radiant Starter Pokemon. We have Radiant Charizard and Blastoise and Venusaur really awesome cards the shiny first gen starters i mean pokemon loves to milk those suckers especially that poor little charizard <laughs> you've seen his fair share of drama out there um but these cards are really good honestly like all and all the radiance continue to just be fairly good across the board with maybe the exception of the steelix that jw and i just looked at <laughs> um I think Charizard is the one that's probably making the biggest immediate impact on the metagame. It's just such a strong card Mm -hmm. uh, doing that 250 damage and reducing its energy cost for every prize your opponent's taken can just swing for knockouts out of nowhere with that sucker. Yeah. Especially if you throw in a Raihan or a magma basin and an energy, a twin energy or double turbo. Yeah. That's scary, man. It is really scary. I spent a whole stream dedicated to Radiant Charizard and trying to get it to work in an Inteleon-based build, and it didn't quite happen because by the time I could get it up and running, I had sacrificed a few too many prizes. To me, the Radiant Charizard works best as 
a late game finisher in an established archetype like Arceus, for instance, where you're right. already playing, you know, kind of throwaway energies. You know, you're if you're playing straight Arceus, you're just playing the water energies because there's really no other reason to play anything else because, okay, you can get an attack off with Inteleon. But now we have Radiant Charizard that can come in, do 280 at the end of the game for relatively little investment. And that's kind of an interesting play for sure it keeps you you know might be able to trade a little bit more favorably into one of your opponent's pokemon if you're able to utilize it on a on a you know a good turn right when your opponent has like two prizes remaining and you're able to send up a radiant charizard like that could be really cool um and it just is one of those cards that you're already playing the water energy you might as well you know shuffle a couple in and and switch them out for for the fires and then just play the rating. I mean, it seems kind of cool, right, in that way. And you already have just this established archetype to go off of. So I've been trying to rack my brain because in my mind, I'm just really fixated on this Charizard and how simple it you is. You are. I can't confirm. Well, <laughs> and, and how simple it is to just get that 250, yeah. 280 off. It seems so good, but I haven't quite found the the like perfect way to utilize it at, as of this moment so I'm yeah i i'm inclined to, to find agree it. with you i'm also in favor of slotting the charizard in as kind of a quick one prize end game finisher you know you think of how powerful for example cards like the moltres was um that had a lot more maintenance associated with it you know you had to get three energy onto it and yeah it accelerated to itself if you have the energy in hand but you also had to have those energies in hand which often warranted a Clara or multiple turns of Inteleon building up. And the Charizard is just, yeah, I have a energy and a Pokemon and I'm swinging. And that's just, that's crazy. You know, you also can do cool plays like Raihan double turbo and just swing for 230. You know, that's impressive amount of damage. Moltres didn't do that until you're at two prizes left. So if Charizard could do it even sooner, that's cool. Yeah, and of course you can recycle the Charizard, right? Like you're thinking about, okay, how can I do 250 on my opponent's, you know, four prize turn? And then I can also do it on their five prize turn. Like that's really cool as yeah. well. So they're just trying to figure out how best to incorporate that card and be able to utilize it multiple times. Totally. I, I'm inclined to say like Arceus is the card that can easily, most easily just kind of throw it into its game plan without even really thinking about it too much. You know, <laughs> you can literally just throw a Fire Energy or two and a Charizard and that's like, a very Arceus thing to do in the first place. Um, but certainly I think there are perhaps other opportunities to use it. It's just a, it's a really strong card. I, I really like it. And it fits well with Charizard's theme of like, I'm just going to do a crap ton of damage really quickly. Are there any other Radiant Pokemon that you like here from the set? So Blastoise and Venusaur, Blastoise with the Pump Shot ability, discard a Water Energy card. You can do 20 damage to one of your opponent's benched Pokemon. I think that's an ability that's been a little bit underexplored right now. Um, and then Sunny Bloom on the Venusaur lets you draw cards until you have four in your hand once per turn. Yeah, the Venusaur has kind of underwhelmed me. I'm not super into it, but I'm sure there are decks that can use it effectively. Um, the Blastoise has been the one I've been trying the most personally, um, mainly in like decks that could utilize yoga loop strategies. Um, mm -hmm. so things like rapid striker Shifu or rapid strike Inteleon, I've been trying to make those work in conjunction with the Blastoise and I've been, I've been happy with it. Um, mm -hmm. I haven't tried, you know, Jake Gearhart's latest Twitter brew in terms of like, making urshifu work but i have enjoyed the blastoise 
Um, I think the, I think the thing I've had trouble with with their Blastoise is like really consistently, you know, getting a ton of value out of it. Um, yeah. Like I might pump shot a couple times in the game, but am I getting like my radiant slot worth of value out of it? Is right. is kind of the the hurdle I'm overcoming. I think the answer is you can, but you have to like lean into that maybe as your primary game plan. Right, and it just seems tough when you have this Radiant Blastoise and you're discarding water energy because there's just arguably a much better discarding energy Pokemon, and that is, of course, the Greninja. Of course. And, you know, just getting those extra two-card draw is so important for I a lot of decks. I will say, um, the very first time I used the Blastoise on TCGO, I was very sad because when I discarded the water energy... I don't know why, but I had it, like, deep in my brain that Blastoise had, like, the same ability, basically, as yeah. Inteleon, like, as, um, like, Grandpa Strike Inteleon VMAX. Oh, okay, okay. Like, yeah. where it would do two Pokemon. Yeah. And I'm like, this card isn't broken. <laughs> like, like, other people need to be playing this card. And then I discard the energy. I'm ready to do some damage. And it's like, I only click one. Womp, womp, womp. And I'm, I feel ripped <laughs> off, and I read the card, and I'm really sad. So that's my Blastoise story. But I still think Blastoise has potential. Um, I think Rapid Strike engines are the ones that are going to like it the most. Uh, so they'll also be using, like, quick shooting, and they could potentially use the Inteleon as well that could discard energy and, and do more damage. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of how I see it fitting into the grand scheme of things. I haven't really solved the deck to a point where I'm satisfied with it yet, but... yeah. Um, I like Blastoise. I think it's cool. Yeah, it's cool. Definitely the Radiant Pokemon are some things we're going to invest some time into heading into Worlds, just um, getting our minds wrapped around best use cases for them and where they could slot in to current archetypes. There's a few other V-Stars from the new Pokemon Go set that I do just want to mention, the Dragonite V-Star. They did my boy absolutely dirty. (laughs) They did. And not in a good way. It has an attack, Giga Impact, 254 energy. During your next turn, this Pokemon can attack. Okay, fine. You can get up to 280. That's fine. But four energy is a little steep. And then it has a V-Star Power, which should be an ability, but it's an attack. (laughs) Look at the top 12 cards. Attach any water or lightning energy cards you find there to your Pokemon. So that that's just like, it hurts so much. Like, I think if they made made it an ability, like... Let's say they made it an ability and it only looked at the top 10. I I don't know. I think maybe Dragonite has a shot. But the fact that it's an attack, it's going to take an extra turn, I, I just can't see it working. I'm and pretty then, sure Dragonite V-Star is worse than Evolving Sky's Dragonite V. That's, that's probably 100% true, right? <laughs> like It's more investment for exactly the same payout. So arguably less <laughs> right right so then we also have the mel metal v max max juggernaut doing 160 base damage can reach up to 280 it's very kind of obvious the the magic number that the pokemon company has in mind when they're creating these cards <laughs> remember when the magic number was 180 <laughs> yeah i do good di- good times good times we also have a couple of items that are a little bit uh, a little bit interesting egg incubator flip a coin of heads search your deck for a basic pokemon put it onto your bench and if tails you actually get to keep that incubator so how about that <laughs> then another you get to keep it 
you have the pleasure of keeping the incubator. <laughs> and then the other one, which is probably more interesting, is the lure module. Each player looks at the top three cards of their deck and puts all Pokemon they find there into their hand. Um, I think what's most interesting about the lure module is that it's a forced action for uh, for both players, I guess, right? Well, I'm technically not for, you know, there would be no way to know for the opponent, but uh, it's something that, that both players get to do. Kind of remin it like reminds me a little bit of Buddy Buddy Rescue, but I, love I digress. Rescue. Yeah, a good, everybody <laughs> loves a good Buddy Buddy Rescue. Yeah, Lure Module is cool if you, you could like, if you have cards like Pokepuff in the format, uh, so in Expanded or in GLC, for example, you can, you know, make them draw some Pokemon and then put them into yeah. play. So you can yeah, stop. exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, the fact that they reveal, obviously, you're going to have to pick those out uh, there, force them into hand. Uh, it could be something for stall decks. You know, you think about Lure Module being something for stall decks. It's like, I'm uh, going to, you know, make you draw, make you draw those Pokemon that you shuffled back in or make you draw into those Pokemon that you just have in your deck. <laughs> Absolutely. And then, of course, we have awesome cards like Pokey Stop Stadium card. Discard the top three cards of your deck and put any mm -hmm. item cards you find there into your hand. Very turbo-oriented card. You know, slots very well into kind of these Celebrations Mew type of decks that are very item-heavy and trying to pivot between them. I think the most obvious contender for that is going to be the Dialga V-Star because that's going to have an incredibly heavy item count and a lot of items that it wants to see as well. Like the metal saucers, for example, are really mm -hmm. the key to making that deck work. So being able to plow through your deck with the Pokestop allows you to not only get energy in the discard pile, but also the saucers into your hand. I think the biggest thing that you need to be careful of when you're playing the Pokestop is just that you're not discarding your Dialga V-Stars. <laughs> that deck, um, you know, in its current iteration, just doesn't have a way to get those back. So Pokestop arguably might not be the best stadium there although i do obviously understand that it would work great there's just that caveat that you would need to play maybe an ordinary rod or an elevated count of the v-star just to guarantee totally. that you're not discarding them after you use the stadium please don't play pokestop in mew either like that just sounds horrible yeah i think discarding the energy is Pretty it's terrible. like a you lose situation. You're just discarding energy. <laughs> like, yeah, you discard two of your energy, you just lose. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see some other cards that are interesting. We have the Ditto, of course, with the sudden transformation. We have the Block Snorlax with the um, ability as long as this Pokemon is in the active spot, your opponent's active can't retreat. I think that's very cool, very interesting. Um, there is the Blastoise with the Vitality Spring. I actually just did a video on this one. It's cool. There's a lot of neat things you can do, especially when you think about like the Radiant or the um, the um, not the Radiant Pokemon. What are the 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 the, the Vivid Amazing. Voltage dudes? Amazing rares, yes, of course. That take all the, <laughs> the different Vivid Voltage dudes. That <laughs> <laughs> when I think of Vivid Voltage, I only think of the. When I think of Amazing Rares, I only think of Vivid Voltage. <laughs> there are like two sets, man. Come on. They were in like the Shining set and then yeah. Vivid Voltage. Right. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, Blastoise is cool. Search your deck for up to six energy cards on an ability. Turns off, you know, ends your turn. But that's certainly very interesting. I think that Blastoise, like, Blastoise is one of those things where it's like, if somebody were to create 
a deck with Blastoise at Worlds. Like, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, man. Throw up a Diancy, have the Arita engine, get the Blastoise into play, and accelerate to the basic and evolve it the next turn. Yes. And I think if the uh, cross switchers weren't so prevalent in the metagame, that would be a very real, like an extremely real strategy. But the fact that the Palkias can go just hunting for whatever you attach the energy to makes me a little bit skeptical. Yeah, man, Palkia beats everything. (laughs) I know, we keep saying that, but it's so true. (laughs) Let's see, anything I missed? Oh, there's the Slowbro that I really like. The Slowbro's cool. Slowbro's cool when you get down to one prize you can attack with it and take two prizes when your opponent gets down to one prize. extra cool if you find a way to sneak a turn. Like, you get something on the active, they can't move for a turn, you just get to spam the slow (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, really a a, a high comeback mechanic potential. (laughs) I like the slow bro. He's fun. Yeah, just a lot of really cool cards in Pokemon Go, honestly. I, I do genuinely think it's one of the best, like, promotional sets that we've had in a really long time i would 100 percent agree with that and it's fun you know you got the pokemon go stamp you got all the fun pokemon go theming you got the starters i mean it's a heavy emphasis on gen one which we all know is the best generation so it's cool definitely dating yourself when you say that the gen one is the best um fellow boomers (laughs) pokemon boomers rise up (laughs) It's true though. Gen one is pretty freaking fire. I'll say. <laughs> I think I still. I think Gen one has the best starters. Probably, you know. I'm not. A, I'm not a Gen oneer for life, but I do think Gen one is probably the best starters because I like how simple they are. Well, and it also has Dragonite. Like, yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah that's fine. But we've been talking a lot about <laughs> these new cards. Let's talk about an old card, Riley. Why don't you give us the card of the day? A card of the day doesn't necessarily have to be an old card, but it is today. So I knew it. Let me let me actually pull up a dex entry because I like doing the dex entries and I forgot to pull it up. I'm gonna do a dex entry from the original generation that this Pokemon came out. Uh, let me see if I can find it. Okay. Okay, I'm intrigued. It seems like a long name. Um, I think things just seem like I'm typing for longer now that I have like this louder keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> okay. When hunting, it skims the surface of water at high speed to pick off unwary prey such as Magikarp. High speed? Mm-hmm. And this so it's a bird. A bird type. <laughs> Well-known Pokemon type bird. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wait. Can I... Okay. It eats Magikarp. Okay. <laughs> that narrows it down for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now I'm scanning my the, the Rolodex in my brain for all the Pokemon that I know of that eat Magikarp. It is... Pelipper. <laughs> no, I don't think Pelipper eats Magikarp. Maybe Bro, it it's got a Magikarp like sized gullet. What are you talking about? It doesn't <laughs> definitely eat a, a Magikarp, Magikarp could definitely comfortably fit inside of it. 
I agree with that. No, the card of the day for today is Pidgeot EX. Yo. So there's a Pidgeot V that just got revealed that my friend Beckett and I were shooting some messages back and forth about because I think it's an interesting card. Uh, and so I wanted to give a shout out to Pidgeot through their EX, which is also like a very niche, okay EX Pokemon. Uh, so Pidgeot had two attacks. It had. It also had a Mega. The Mega was underwhelming. Uh, it has Mirror Move, and if this Pokemon was damaged by an opponent's attack during their last turn, you can do the same amount of damage to your opponent's active. So mm. if someone is swinging, the idea was a Mirror Move is for one energy, one colorless. So the idea was if your opponent is hitting you for not enough to knock you out, you can Max Potion the Pidgeot and Mirror Move to now threaten them with the same damage they just put onto you while you get fully healed. And for three energy, you have Feather Lance for 80 damage, and it does 20 damage to one of your opponent's bench Pokemon. So basically, if they're not hitting you when you're ready to mirror move, you can start Feather Lancing instead to like pressure them, um, or eventually just take knockouts. Pidgeot had 170 HP, and at the time that was enough to survive a hit. <laughs> It's crazy to think about now. Yeah, so Pidgeot was was cool. It was never like a tier one deck or anything, but it it was a cool deck. I think it did well at maybe the Orlando regionals that year. It got a top 16 or something like that. It's fun, you know, and it's got a really cool artwork. You know, Pidgeot's just a fun, like classic bird Pokemon, you know. When you think of the bird types, Pidgeot is is up there, you know. I mean, it, it do be looking very much like a bird. amongst birds definitely pidgeot is one of them the most bird-like for sure (laughs) definitely i think pidgey is maybe the most bird-like because pidgeot got like hair you know okay there's an argument i've been seeing about the order of the naming convention shouldn't it be pidgey pidgeot Pidgeot, pidgeotto yeah i think that's how it is in japanese actually really so why did it get switched i don't know man (laughs) I don't know all the answers. It's kind of messed up, though, if you think about it. I don't know. The, so the Japanese is actually different. It's Popo, then Pigeon, then Pidgeot. So it does, you know, the name does get bigger, I guess, as it evolves. But oh, dang, that's cool. I wish it was Popo, bro. That's way cooler. <laughs> yeah, I, I like Popo. Um, and in French, it's... Pidgey is Rokul, and Pidgeotto is Roku, and Pidgeot is Rokarnage. <laughs> <laughs> That's sick. Let there, there will be Rokarnage. Yes, I think something with the English like localization just did not track, because it seems like, I'm looking at just on Cerebi all the other localizations, and it seems like all the rest of them emphasize that Pidgeot is like the most important of them. Rogue Carnage. That's yeah, Rogue so Carnage is insane. Cool. <laughs> That's a really cool name. If you're French and you're listening to this and you're going to Worlds and you have a, a spare Pidgeot card, I would love to have it. <laughs> Gotta yeah, get Rogue Carnage in my collection. For real. So, yeah, Pidgeot. Rogue Carnage. Super cool. Uh, English localization of Pidgeot may be incorrect, but... We love them all the same. Most bird-like of all the Pokemon. And with that, I think it's time for my cat to meow directly at me. 
and for us to thank our sponsor. JW, why don't you tell us a little bit about our sponsor for this episode? Yeah, thank you so much to Manscaped for presenting the premier podcasting duo. That's right. We are sponsored by everyone's favorite down there hair men's grooming kit manscaped manscaped offers a variety of products for men and women take care of any stray hairs that you have down there so we love a lot of their products we love their underwear Riley's huge fan I love their ear and nose hair trimmer they have a beard trimmer they have um you know products that uh, that go on your stuff they have products that shave your stuff they have products that uh, you know make your stuff smell good they have products that cover up your stuff i mean it's really any kind of grooming product that you can think of manscaped has it and we've tried them all or close to all of them love everything on the site seriously yeah after i was done cleaning up the spider webs i had some other cleaning up to do and no nicks no scratches felt amazing looks amazing if i do say so myself and i'll be the judge of that (laughs) couldn't get there without the help of manscaped uh for real these products are good they're really really awesome the underwear is sick the ear nose snare trimmer gets the job done amazingly and all their other products will treat you so so well and over at tag team we want you to be able to take part in these awesome products with our promo code so if you head on over to manscaped.com you type that over in your web browser and put a few items in your cart you know pick out the ones that work best for you maybe it's the ultra smooth care package or maybe it's the boxers 2.0 you get to check out and that little box is taunting you code enter a code for a discount what do you do in that fateful situation yeah, you enter a code tag team. You get 20% off plus free shipping. It's like one of the best deals out there. And uh, certainly something that I love is just not having to pay for shipping. So, yeah, get, <laughs> get that out of there. You get a little bit of a discount. You help the cast as well. So that's a huge thing. If you've been looking for a way to support us and you're also looking for things to keep yourself nice and groomed, nice and tidy, head on over to manscaped.com. Use our code tag team for 20% off plus free shipping. Thank you so much to Manscaped for presenting the podcast. Okay. Let's talk then for the last portion of this episode about the new cards from Lost Abyss. Uh, In America, we'll be getting the Lost Origin set. Many of the cards now have been revealed um, in Lost Abyss in Japan. And we're excited to talk to you about what the lowdown is with those new cards. So, I mean, when we talk these lost sets, the first thing that springs to mind is going to be the lost zone. And there's a ton of Pokemon that are kind of built around utilizing the lost zone effectively. You know, I think the most obvious one is going to be the cover V-Star for the Lost Abyss set in that Giratina V-Star. Giratina V-Star has two attacks one of them is the v-star power for its non-v-star power attack it's a lost impact for a grass a psychic and a colorless you do 280 damage the magic number if you're paying attention and put two energy attached to your pokemon in the lost zone so a pretty hefty cost i will say in terms of repercussions but 280 damage i mean 
that is really really good numbers right now and yeah, you got absolutely the, you got the v-star power for grass and uh, psychic energy you got star requiem and if you have 10 or more cards in the lost zone you just knock out your opponent's active pokemon yeah nothing else to it no it's that's really nice i think that they're um are certainly ways there are certainly a couple different ways that you could build the giratina v-star deck to try to achieve uh that v-star power as easily as possible but yeah we're looking at an archetype that is unlike anything we've seen before this lost zone mechanic you can't recover those energy of course anything that gets sent to the lost zone stays in the lost zone you might be able to you know maybe use an attack or something we've seen that in the past where like you had mew prime could copy attacks from the lost zone but you cannot recover those cards back so you're gonna have to find ways to replenish the energy onto the giratina from your hand or your deck luckily we have just a card for that <laughs> yeah we have a couple of of supporting figures so to speak in the Giratina quest to get those 10 cards in the Lost Zone. Uh, I'll also note, if you're trying to power up the Giratina, you may have heard the Grass and Psychic and balked at that energy cost. There is also a card Mirage Gate, where if you have seven or more cards in the Lost Zone, you can attach two basic energy of different types from your deck directly to a Pokemon. So the key is you have to get at least to that seven, and then if Giratina attacks, you're at nine right there. Um because you're going to discard the two energy and put them in the Lost Zone. So how do we get the cards in the Lost Zone? Well, there's a couple of supporting characters, like I was saying. Some of the most prevalent ones are first, the supporter card, Colress's Experiment. Very similar to Sage's Training. You look at the top five cards of your deck, put three of them in your hand, and the rest go to the Lost Zone. So not a phenomenally powerful draw card in of itself, but it does guarantee two cards in the Lost Zone every turn that you play it. Which, for decks like this that need to get cards in the Lost Zone, is potentially valuable. Yeah, for sure. And then you also, of course, have the Comfey with the flower picking ability. It has a scry ability. Look at the top two. Put one of them into your hand. JW then... loves the word scry. He was saying it quite a bit before. The game. Well, I think, first of all, it's a fun word. Second of all, it brings a little bit more legitimacy to our hobby. When we say yeah, scry, yeah, yeah. I think it sounds really cool. If anything, does it, doesn't it make Pokemon delegitimate de because it means we're piggybacking off of Magic's term? Well, then we should stop saying mill. When have I said mill on the cast? We should it? never say mill. I mean, I think that's, I think people think of mill as. Yeah, I mean, mill is obviously like a, a term. Well, we can't, we can't say mill anymore because that's a Magic term. I digress. Anyway, so Comfy has a scry ability that's really cool that can help you get the Lost Zone kind of activated there so you can use the... Uh, it's kind of an enabler, if you will, to get up your other things up and running. So initial thoughts on this archetype, Riley. Do you think it is something to be feared? Do you think it's something that can reasonably work faster than... Again, we're kind of coming back to Palkia like, as the benchmark for what a powerful consistent v-star looks like do you think it's at all comparable to palkia do you think it's better do you so, think it can get going easier like i what are your initial thoughts it's going to be entirely dependent on how consistently and quickly you can get those lost zones up um because really i mean you're not going to realistically be doing what you need to with giratina 
until you get to that seven loss zone threshold where you can use the Mirage Gate. So, and right now I'm honestly not super impressed with the cards that are available to fill the loss zone. Um, you know, realistically, you'll have to just comfy a bunch of times and then maybe Sage's or Colress's experiment, sorry, once. Mm-hmm. And that's probably how you'll fill it up. Um, but it does seem like it would take multiple turns. It will know? definitely take multiple turns, which, to be fair, you have to take multiple to evolve into a V-Star in the first place. Mm-hmm. So is that the end of the world? No. But it's like, can you do that turn two? Probably not most games. Probably like looking at a turn three or four. And yeah, you're going to be swinging for one-shots on the Palkias and the Arceus. But what happens if you're just a one-prize deck? <laughs> yeah. Um, I It seems like this will really struggle against single-prize decks unless there's like some other alternative attacker that you're playing that you can accelerate to with the Mirage Gate, um, which you could do. You know, Mirage Gate's a very flexible card. But uh, yeah. yeah, you do have that Cramorant. So Cramorant has the ability, if you have four or more cards in the loss zone, ignore all energy in this Pokemon's attack cost. So that could be a way. It does 110 damage. So you're just... Going in maybe with an early Cramorant, try to put some pressure on the opponent's board and get around the mill tanks and maybe get around a, uh, you know, uh, the, an Inteleon or two if you have to. Yeah, I just, I think if the deck can accomplish what it needs to quickly, it'll do well against multi-prize decks. But I am skeptical that it is capable of doing that is kind of where I'm at right now. No, I think that's. A I think fair in order assessment. I think it. You're you're in this like weird catch twenty two where in order to use Comfey enough to like get cards in the lost zone, you have to be playing like research and stuff to like right. actually draw cards. But if you're playing research, you're not playing Colress, which is your other way to get cards in the lost zone. So it just it gets weird. Fast. Well, Riley, what you're not taking into account is that you get to scry. With the Colm. <laughs> yeah, I know you really are into that. <laughs> so, and maybe that's the key. <laughs> Just a good scry. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, there's other cards as well that put cards in the last zone, but I think I think really Colress and, and Comfy Scry are going to be the two that, that are the primaries. Certainly, certainly. Okay, I, I don't want to talk too much about Scry. Let's move on to... <laughs> The, uh, the other main archetype from this set, that's, of course, the Zuian Zorark V-Star. This one we were talking about before the cast, that it seems kind of good on the face, and, and, you know, there's certainly a lot of redeeming qualities to it, but is it better than Palkia? You know, again, like, that's the question we should be asking whenever we um, are trying to contextualize these new cards, and the answer might be no so shredding curse here is the attack for colorless colorless does 50 damage this attack or excuse me does 50 times uh this attack does 50 damage for each of your pokemon that has any damage counters on it so you are going to try to utilize the gengar with the abyssal gate ability allows you to put it from your discard pile onto your bench directly as a stage two there and then if you do put three damage counters on that pokemon has a one psychic attack, put two damage counters on each of your opponents act, or on your opponent's active Pokemon for each of their benched Pokemon. So like that's not the worst attack on a support Pokemon, but certainly you're gonna want to be attacking for the one shots with the Zoroark. So Riley, again, give me your initial thoughts here on the Zoroark archetype. 
That to me maybe seems a little bit more powerful than the Giratina, but I could be I could I be think persuaded Zark, otherwise. I think the Zark will be significantly more consistent than the Giratina. Not only do you have the V Star power, which you know draws you those seven cards, but you have just a very low to the ground energy at attack. You know, just slap a double turbo on there, and you can do something with it as long as you get a Gengar into play. Uh, you also have cards like the Damage Pump and the Stadium to get more damage into play quickly so you can get to that eventual end game of you know ideally doing the the 300 damage minus the 20 for double turbo for 280 so very similar numbers as giratina i think zorark's big flaw is going to be it has 270 hit points which and it's going to fill its bench so palkia is just really going to run steam on on a soon zarek v-star unless zarek gets to an early lead um but then it gets to a point where it's like okay who goes first and also can zarek reasonably get the knockout on a two price pokemon going first on their second turn and if the answer is no then palkia probably just wins from there anyway um so i think zarek at first glance and maybe i'm wrong but at first glance, Zorark fails the Palkia check. I think it does well against potentially Arceus and maybe has, has okay matchups against the rest of the format, but it fails the Palkia check, in my opinion. It's definitely a shame because I think of all the V-Stars, Zorark looks the best. It looks awesome. And I, maybe that's just because the white borders look really good with the Hisui and Zorark's like, white aesthetic. Um, but it's really, really cool. And Zorark is obviously a Pokemon near and dear to my heart as someone who is like a really big Zorark fanboy. Uh, when Zark was one of the best cards in the format, so yeah, Zark GX, of course. Yeah, so yeah, I feel it. I I wish that Zark was maybe as good as Palkia, but I you know I I just I look at a lot of these other V stars and I'm like, why would I not play Palkia or Arceus? You know, I need <laughs> to be, need to be compelled. Although I will say, Zark has that most aesthetic deck picture of all time from Twitter. <laughs> that was very nice where there were a bunch of four there of 15 four ofs <laughs> <laughs> and it was perfect the perfect which deck. is the only legal way to build a deck yeah for sure everything for else sure. is illegal well if you want to if you want to pull the most chicks then that's how you have to build your decks <laughs> something like that so let's talk a little bit about the Radiant Pokemon from this set I mean there's from from what I've seen overall this set is a little bit underwhelming obviously I don't know the entirety of the set but um there's some radiant pokemon that get released here hisui and sneezler is one of them which is going to basically completely do warp what, the metagame well i wouldn't i wouldn't put it that way but uh, it does what <laughs> oh, okay. the toxicroak did so it increases the amount of damage uh from poison oh that, curious now you call it toxicroak interesting you call well, it okay but it's on a it's on a it's on a basic okay assuming it's sneezler does the same thing right so, but it's on a basic so poison peak ability put two more damage counters on your opponent's poison pokemon during pokemon checkup and then we also have radiant steelix interesting little card finishing red 60 damage discard cards from the top of your deck until you have one card remaining this deck does 30 more damage for each card you discarded in this way 
that card. Energy card. And for each energy card, you discard yeah, it. That way. card is wild, man. The Radiant Steel is just straight up wild that they printed that. Yeah, that's that's certainly like feast or famine type of thing where it's like I, I can't really think of a time where it'd be good, right? Because you're trying to dig through your deck to find the resources to set up your main attacker and maybe have a Radiant Steelix in the back. And then it just doesn't seem like there would ever be a time to use radiant you need to discard so many energy out of 30 multiplier to do anything meaningful also and let me know if you think differently this could cost one metal and and be like still not op (laughs) yeah i agree and it definitely could cost two metal and not be (laughs) op so why does it cost two metal and a colorless energy it's not fair. They did my boy Steelix dirty. All my favorite Pokemon are getting bent. That card does look beautiful, though. It does. It looks really nice. And then we also have Radiant Gardevoir with the Veil of Affection ability. Takes 20 less damage. Uh, Pokemon take 20 less damage from your opponent's Pokemon V. That's that's really interesting. Um, it's just kind of an ever-present damage reduction. I think that could potentially see play in a wide variety of decks, especially those ones that are like really close to you know the that 280 right right we keep coming back to that 280 number on these v stars and so you slap a radiant guard of war if you don't want to be discarding your energy with radiant greninja as maybe radiant guard of war has a home in those decks that are just need that little edge when they're yeah. facing off against these other decks that do 280 as well yeah i think i think of those decks that are either just trying to avoid the one shot or can stretch into a two shot Gardevoir will fit super well in. Uh, Gardevoir seems to be the best of the Radiants that are coming out of Lost Origins so far. Absolutely. Um, let's talk a little bit about uh, some of the other fun uh, stadiums that are coming out in the new set. So Lake of Acuity. Each Pokemon that has any water or fighting energy attached to it takes 20 less damage from attacks from the opponent's Pokemon. So same kind of deal there, only... Uh, as the Radiant Gardevoir, just limited to water and fighting uh, energy Pokemon. And then we also have the Lost City. When a Pokemon is knocked out, put it in the Lost Zone instead of the discard pile. So potentially another little enabler for the Giratina. Also anti-mad party tech, bro. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. You're so right. <laughs> As the mad party enthusiast till the day I die. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I Lost City as well. As some of the cool... I would love to live in the Lost City, man. It looks sick. It looks like... Because the Lost Zone colors are the like neon red and blue, it looks like... It's being infested with TikTok sludge. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Like it's black, neon blue, neon red, and it's all. I, I it, think like I kind of get what you're saying. Yeah. The TikTok color. I don't have like, TikTok, but I trust you on that one. Okay, well, it's <laughs> it's true. I'm telling the truth for sure. <laughs> yeah, Lost City is cool. But there's another card though that we didn't mention that I think we'd be foolish not to. It was revealed just the other day, and that's the Drapion V. Now, Drapion does have a V-Star, so this is an evolving V, although the V-Star kind of looks like it sucks. Um, the Drapion V, though, with the Wild Style ability. First off, very cool ability name. <laughs> Second off, very powerful ability. This Pokemon's attacks cost colorless less for each of your opponent's battle styles Pokemon in play. So Fusion Strike, Rapid Strike, Single Strike, one colorless less for each of those in play. 
and it has the dynamic tail attack for four colorless energy does 190 damage and if you do that you do 60 damage to one of your pokemon so immediately this reminds reminds me of the galarian zapdos v right where Mm -hmm. it had a four energy attack cost and it was reduced for all of your opponent's v is in play and it hit a big pokemon in the format being eternatus for weakness drapion takes that to in my opinion the next level because not only you no longer required to play a colored energy for it you know zapdos requiring that fighting but drapion Potentially doesn't require any energy. You know, if you're sitting across from a Mew VMAX, you slap down this Dark-type Drapion, they will have four Fusion Strike Pokemon in play. Yeah, there's no way for them not to. If they're so. Or they're losing anyway. Right. And you just knock them out. You know, you knock out a VMAX through Oricorio for no effort. It's pretty wild how powerful this card is. I don't like it. I'll be honest, I think it should have a little bit more of a limitation, be it that colored energy cost, right? If it was like a single dark and three colorless or something. I don't know, whatever it is, but just some way that makes it... The fact um, you can get all the way to free is is insane. It is really insane. I, I don't like that from the cards. I don't like that from the game designers. Um, and additionally, like, Mew is, is not really a great archetype. Like, it's it's kind of been naturally phased out through all the hate that it's received from Palkia and Arceus. And so it didn't really feel like the Drapion was very warranted um, coming out this late. You know, it just felt kind of like this should have been, if they were going to print something like this, it should have been printed closer to when Mew was a stronger archetype, you know, set or two ago. But uh, I don't love the the kind of, it, it feels a little lazy to me the um the 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 design choices of this drapion v and i don't know that there's really that much that you know we, we don't really need to hate mew out that much more it's also just like why is it so almost like versatile like why can you if your opponent keeps calling why can you now attack for free and just knock something out sure you know it's just it's just kind of a silly card in my opinion i don't i don't know if i'd use the word lazy although it kind of is um but it seems like half-hearted at the very least like is is this the way that we need to deal with every big archetype you know and it's almost like escalating is my is my (laughs) concern because we saw eternatus really dominate and then they printed the zapdos and zapdos was Mm -hmm. really good against eternatus you Mm -hmm. know and it was very much designed to beat eternatus because you had that discard special energy effect to get rid of like your weakness guards for example mm. um you know I'm, I'm pretty sure if you pulled back an episode from around that time we were like laughing at how absurd it was that like oh and it also just like discards the weakness energy before it even does damage right um and drapion attacks for free like what is that you know 190 damage for free is good regardless <laughs> especially when you're hitting a top archetype for weakness i don't know it just it doesn't really vibe well with me that this is like how we're planning to deal with big archetypes in the future is printing these one card obliterate them strategies. And the fact that the one card obliterate them is only getting more, um, what is the word I'm looking for? Prevalent like hyperbolic almost. Uh, in, yeah. Okay. Sure. How much it counters them is concerning to me. I don't like that. 
Yeah, I mean, we really do have an element of rock, paper, scissors in the Pokemon trading card game already with the weakness um, just being a really big factor as to, you know, whether or not a deck can be played. Um, you know, you look at Flying Pikachu is just not really being in a vacuum a very good card, but because it has weakness on Palkia. It's an all right card. Yeah, it's no, it's an all right card, but you wouldn't say like, oh, yeah, that's, you know, looking at that card. Like, just I, like I gotta play this. Yeah. Oh, oh of course this is going to be a good one. You know? But uh, you know, so there's already that inherent kind of rock paper scissors element to the Pokemon trading card game. But to just have it be so um, in your face like the Drapion is, is just like kind of a letdown, right? It's like, oh man, okay, well, I guess I have this counter, and it's so obvious, and it just feels bad in terms of deck building and deck creativity. Times two weakness is definitely not great. It's cringe, bro. It feels super cringe. Um, and I think I think I would, if it was up to me, I for printing counters to decks, I would lean away from weakness and try and instead print strategies that can handle it, or strategies that just implicitly like are good against it. You know, imagine if there was some deck that just had more reliable ability lock, for example. Mm-hmm. You know, on a on a Pokemon. That would be good versus Mew without being so pervasive. Right. I don't know. You know, Completely agree. <laughs> Cool. Any other cards from this set that we need to hit on? I think I think we hit the big ones. You know, we got I don't know, Hussuit Arcanine. Do you want to talk about Hussuit Arcanine? <laughs> sure, that's a fun one. So we're getting kind of the re return of uh, an archetype that a lot of people liked in the past. The uh, the, the Grand Bull. So Grand Bull was doing more damage if you had no cards in hand. Similar here with the Suing Arcanine. Does 10 damage base, but if you have no cards in hand, it does 150 more damage. So 160 total for free. We were saying that 190 for free was good. How about 160 on a one prizer? This could be an interesting archetype, especially if Arceus continues to see play, because of course the Suing Arcanine is that fighting type. So being able to one shot. And Arceus, pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> Enough said there. There's Enough actually said. one more card that I want to talk about, and then we can call it. It's been a long one. Uh, last card I want to talk about is Thornton. Which yes. I'm pretty sure this guy, they just made him up for this card, because I have never seen him before. I guess. Oh, you don't know about Thornton? Is he like a Pokemon Shield exclusive? No, that was my, that was my uh, buddy in fourth grade. He moved away. He moved away. Oh, he's the Battle Factory Frontier Brain in Platinum. Oh, I thought there was a different guy who did the Battle Factory. Is he? He's not the same. Oh, whatever. (laughs) So Thornton's a guy that exists, and he's very similar to Ninja Boy of yore. Uh, So you choose a basic Pokemon in your discard pile and switch it with one of your basic Pokemon in play, Uh, and it preserves anything that was on that prior basic Pokemon. So... Any attached cards, which includes tools and energy, damage counters, turns in play, special conditions, effects of attacks. All those are preserved, mm-hmm. but you're now a new Pokemon. So right. you can do like cool little tricks with it. Um, I don't know if it'll immediately be good in standard, but it it's certainly like a fun card to think about. You know, imagine using Thornton on your Reggie in the Reggie Gigas deck Ooh. and swapping into like some crazy card you know maybe an amazing rare that takes a bunch of different colored energy you know or and that's that's certainly like maybe the most random combo but there's other cool stuff that you can do 
when you think of Thornton, you know, it's it's a cool card to have in the format. Ninja Boy was fun, so I'm excited for Thornton. Yeah, you can get back your Drapion Vs. Yeah, man. <laughs> It'd be awesome. You don't even need to claw for it. <laughs> yeah, so sick, for sure. Yeah, I agree. Thornton is one of those where it's like, it, it opens up some new deck building ideas, new deck building concepts, and it's just a fun card to have in the format. Thornton, your Mimikyu V that was safe into a different Pokemon so you can evolve it. Bro, that's Poggers. Poggers stuff. And I th- I think now I now that we've covered Thornton, who is a real character, I am comfortable bringing this to a close. Well, guys, thank you guys so much for listening. This has been quite the episode. Next week, we're going to be talking a little bit more about our Worlds preparation as we start heading into the next five weeks before Worlds. I can't believe it's already closing in upon us but if you want to get more plugged into the content that we both create you can find us over on twitter i am at real john walter riley is over at smiles with riles and then we have the podcast at tag team pokemon we have something really cool coming up for you guys um we actually have some merch created so we're getting uh that going so if you want to support the cast you've already bought manscaped and you already bought your manscaped product and you're just wondering like hey how can i give these guys a little bit more money to help them keep coming up with this content and you know support them <laughs> why are you saying it like that <laughs> <laughs> if you just want to support us a little bit more then uh yeah we have some merch coming out we're really excited about debuting that here as soon as we um get some other things finalized you can also find us over on twitch we stream the podcast every single Wednesday night, twitch.tv slash munner. I also run a Twitch stream myself, twitch.tv slash flex daddy righteous. Have I covered it all? I think you did. Okay, good. So we'll see you on the next podcast, guys. Thank you all so much for listening. Peace. See you.